to Sela Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, uh, great holiday season. Uh, Let's just start out with one quote today. The only way to escape fear is to trample it beneath your feet. Nadia Komenich. She knows better than everybody. Uh, Once again, we usually start off just telling you, hey, just go to our webpage. If you Google Tim Hayes Radio, I show up. If you Bing it, I show up too. I'm not sure about Amazon. You know, I don't think so. Uh, But anyway, those two will do well. Uh, And I, once again, I... You can always tell us me because it says, remember, buy low, sell high. And then under bulletin board, there's the market week, which we send out if you're on my mailing list. If you'd like to get on that mailing list, just hit the contact me or email me. Uh, there's all over the page. Uh, but also the daily technical uh, analysis by Bob Dickey. Uh, it's really good stuff. You know, it's interesting. Everybody thought interest rates were going up this year. And we kept telling everybody that we thought they'd be lower for longer. Well, they went up for a while, hit the downtrend line dating back to 1980, 1981, somewhere around there, and came right back down. So I, I just think there's just not enough demand for money. And, and um, if you've, well, we're going to talk about uh, a couple things coming up here. So, uh, uh, but cybersecurity is also important. It, it, they, but at the bottom of the page is some stuff on data breach, how to protect yourself. I, I really highly recommend that. We have a new newsletter for January. Uh, people who fail. Uh, Famous people who failed to plan properly, key retirement and tax numbers for 2019, and four tips for a career change, which uh, are is pretty good stuff too. Um, you know, I, I've been talking about this uh, m- conference we had for Technology, Internet, Media, and Telecommunications Conference. And, you know, some of these are getting down to the point where they're really getting to be great buys, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll hi- highlight that. We also have, uh, I think as of next week, 2019's Best Ideas. Uh, so if you'd like that, once again, hit the contact me or email me. Google Tim Hayes Radio, and there it is. If you want to call me, you want to have a cup of coffee, you want to talk about your portfolio, it's 888-223-7742. It's an 800 number because some of you people are out in the hinterlands. I don't know if you can hear me this early in the morning, but uh, um, you know, so that, that'll get you to us one way or another. There's a lot of new tax rules this year, and one of them is is big on charitable giving, and uh, the other one is opportunity zones. If you don't know about those, uh, if you sold some property or some big, uh, you know, big capital gains on stock, uh, you know, opportunity zones are important. I've been discussing this with uh, some of my clients that own Amazon. Uh, anyway, since 1969, the S and P has averaged a gain of 1.3 percent over the seven year, a seven day period that encompasses the last five sessions of the year and the first two trading days of the next year. And you know what? We had a Santa Claus rally when, when nobody thought we were going to. And I think I, there was a really that a guy, there was a guy on the radio last week that kept saying that everybody's too bearish. And, and I'm going to tell you some more reasons why you're too bearish today, by the way, just so you know. Um, but, you know, I was talking about the put-to-call ratio and, uh, and uh, the number of insiders and how the bears were at 54%. Uh, but anyway, let's, I, why bring that up? 
According to a survey by Pew Research, new diets differ drastically for younger and older Americans. Uh, age gaps that have been long, uh, long been notable uh, have widened substantially with uh, those 65 and older five times as likely as the 18 to 29-year-olds to get news from TV. A large majority of, the, of those 65 and older get news from TV, often as do two-thirds of those 55 to uh, 64. Most of the millennials get it from the Internet. About 3 in 10 U.S. adults have a child younger than 18 at home, and 12% of these parents provide up unpaid care for an adult as well. That's that's a lot. That's huge. You know, just so you know, the 401k limit will increase by $500 on January 1. Uh, so you're you now, I think, at 19000 Uh So, you know, if you can, remember, it comes pre-tax. There's nothing better than make money in a pre-tax way. Okay? So I'll just leave it at that. Um, look, there's, there's a lot of people who are saying, who's buying you know, what's going on with munis? Let's just put it that way. And the municipal bond market shrank by almost $27 billion in the third quarter this year and has contracted $45 billion so far this year. Households remain the largest category of owners, but reduced their holdings by $9.8 billion. Uh, the owners with the largest changes in, in the quarter were banks. They were down $14.1 billion, and insurance companies uh, were up uh, $4.7 uh, $4. billion. And non-U.S. investors were at $4.5 billion, which is really kind of interesting. Uh, the biggest buyers of municipal bonds in the third quarter were insurance companies. Uh, remember, they're, what they're trying to do is stay ahead of the curve, okay? They're pretty smart investors. Now, non-U.S. investors also increased their holdings, but still represent only 3% of the total. But uh, the, the big sellers were banks, uh, you know, so something to keep in mind. The other thing I want to talk about is there's been a, uh, you know, I've been talking about preferreds for some time, and they're kind of like all-weather tires, if you will. Uh, you know, you associate preferreds with interest rate risk, but uh, with stock markets near uh, near bear territory over the last three months, they're actually been pretty good. But the spread between treasuries and, and preferreds have uh, increased by, you know, I think uh, the treasuries are three percent and preferreds are at seven, so they've increased by almost three hundred and fifty basis points over a short period of time, and that's a lot. So uh, remember that. Um, you know, somebody was telling me I, I had a client in, and he said um, we were talking about performance, and you know, I, I just looked at this year is is the all time high for the percentage of assets with a negative total return in U.S. dollar terms. It was ninety three percent. So 93% of the assets didn't make money this year. I, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and that makes 2008 look like a day in the park, by the way, which is only 65. So uh, it, it was an extremely unusual year. Now, what we found out is uh, in, in the last couple of weeks, mutual fund investors had 56.2% or 50, uh, 56.2 billion uh in outflows. So this was generally, by the way, 401k plans. So everybody and their brother probably got out at the bottom, uh, but they accelerated. You know, they started out at about 20, uh, 20 billion, uh, November 20th and 28th. It was 22. December 4th was another 21. December 12th was 40 and then 56, uh, last week. So, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, 
we've had a negative outflow out of the market, and the market's gone up 120% since the low. So one of those, uh, <laughs> one of those uh, asset classes that went up was palladium. And palladium is, uh, well, it's, it's illustrious white metal, and it's, it's used for uh, exhaust pipes and, and exhaust systems, not only in cars but other places. And also uh, pollution control. China is a big buyer. And it's up 600% since 1998, but this year it's up 25%. The only problem is if you got in and you had to get out, it wasn't easy because it's a, a very, very difficult uh, thing to, to get out of, okay, uh, because the contracts don't trade very much. So it, it's it's a um, it's one of those things where you, you kind of have to, uh, you know, Watch and, and wait and, and uh, make sure that you're in at the right time. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, so 93% of all assets were negative this year. That's, that's the highest I can ever remember by 20, 30%. But look, look, challenging markets like this. And I, and I, you know, last week I talked about the put to call ratio at, uh, uh, you know, 1.75, which is one of the highest I've ever seen. The number of bears out there were 52, 53, I think 54% last week. And, and you know, a lot of negative things. The bullish percent was, you know, below 20. Uh, you know, we the the uh, McQuellen oscillator was at minus 90, and it's still there, but it's from 94 now. And, you know, by the way, the summation index is now was minus 1,000 on, on Wednesday. So even after the 1,000-point rally, it actually declined a little bit. So, it was a narrower rally than we expected. But look, the challenging markets, uh, I think, you know, I sent out a note back in the spring saying, you know, get your ducks in order, okay? And uh, look, I, I'm going to say this again. If you want to get on that list, by the way, uh, do go to Tim, Hay- you know, Google Tim Hayes Radio and hit the contact me. But I think now what you have to be thinking about is we have some historic lows, and I'm going to talk about that in, uh, I don't know, next or the the section after that. But look, when you cope with a correction, we're still in gear. The economy's still going, uh, going great or going good enough. But there's a fear factor out there. Remember, that's what the bullish percent is about. When you're most fearful is when you should be most greedy. Okay. Now, if you're searching for the sweet spot, uh, you know, somewhere around here is, uh, you know, I, I, look, after a thousand point or, or, uh, 1200 point rally, I don't think you want to be, uh, you know, going crazy, and I'm going to talk about resistance coming up here. Uh, but there is some resilience here, and I'll repeat the reasons I'm bullish. The economic expansion is going to continue, I think, through two, 2020. U.S. households are in good financial shape. Corporate and bank balance sheets are very strong. U.S. The U.S. corporate tax cut is an important structural incentive change. Uh, CAPEX will rise on availability of high-return uh, productivity enhancers. Uh, inflation and interest rates remain very low versus history. Matter of fact, I think inflation, they're, they're swatting at th- something that's not there. Uh, interest rates are suggest a 20 PE ratio is very fair value. Uh, equity investment transactions have, have, uh, have collapsed basically. The dollar and oil prices uh, won't uh, cause an S&P profit recession that I can see for right now. Federal debt to GDP is manageable. They need to get it under, under uh, grips a little bit. Uh, China will slow, but it's huge now and still strong. You know, uh, they're, they're really doing a lot to boost their GDP. 
And then finally, Europe will survive, although they are tightening, which at a time I, I, I don't think is a good idea. Uh, so there we go. And look, the dogs of the Dow right now, I think, are a really great idea because they're high-quality names. Uh, and you could do it, you know, the top five yielders or the top ten yielders, if you want to spread it out a little bit, you're a little bit nervous. Uh, so there we go. All right. So anyway, uh, you know, domestic equities are still number one. They lost a lot of votes recently. Can't figure it out why. But they're still above international equities at this point. So keep that in mind. Uh, the shorts have, have the way of the world right now. And the money market is actually s- still in a better shape than the S&P 500 on a relative strength basis. So something to think about. Um, you know, um, I could talk about, uh, well, I was going to talk about the uh, uh, the Fed, but let, let's take a break and we'll be right back. This is Smart Invest Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. Uh, once again, I'm Tim Hayes. And like I said, if if you uh, just missed the first part of the show, you want to hear the whole show, don't forget whk1420.com. Hit their local podcasts and go to Tim Hayes, and I'm there. And uh, so, uh, you know, if it's late at night, you can't sleep, you just turn me on, I'll have you, I'll have you snoring in 15 minutes probably. Um, anyway, uh, look, I, I just said earlier uh, – you know, that 93% of the assets had a negative total return in U.S. dollars this year. That's one of the, <laughs> I don't think we've even been close to that. I think maybe in 1914 we had 80. Uh, that was when the trusts were, had, you know, were so margined, I think they had 10% equity in their portfolios. But if you think things are bad, just think the world's richest 10 people lost $511 billion in 2018. <laughs> so, you know, your 401k looks bad, but, you know, it's, it's tough being rich, too. Uh, not that I'm feeling sorry for him. But look, once again, uh, the put-to-call ratio has completely reversed, okay? And that was that was the tell, I thought, uh, last week when I was, you know, kind of, you know, I looked bad Monday, I looked great Wednesday. Let's put it that way. But the bears were gathering, you know, they, they were at 52, 54%, and I think they've got down to 48% this week. Now, I did notice one thing. Uh, Dorsey Wright has, uh, you know, some portfolio holdings that they have, and they have four or five uh, groups that they like, okay, like waste management, household goods, healthcare, and they kicked semiconductors out this this week and uh, brought precious metals. How's that? Precious metals are still under 30, by the way. Remember, emotions are your worst enemy in the stock market. That's Don Hayes. He's, he's not related to me. Um, and you know, volatility is very, very high. And, uh, you know, so just remember that. And if you're wondering what the problem is, you know, one of the things that happened uh, a while back was the money supply went away. And, um, you know, that's what caused us some some of the problems that we had. And, and in, in the last year, we've dropped from about a, uh, oh, you know, 10, 11% growth in the money supply down to about a 3% growth. So that, that, is a problem. Uh, you know, you want them, you're not going to have inflation that way. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, the question I have is because when the money supply turns like that, you know, you got to worry about credit and you got to worry about recession. So the, the question is, has the market already told us that that's there? And um, 
Look, by the time we know it's a recession, the market will be bottomed and, and started to back up, just so you know. I mean, I, I've been doing this too long. Now, we did notice that the bullish percent for all equity funds uh, was back to 8%. Now, if we go back in history, uh, you know, in 08 and 09, we got down to about 2%. Uh, so we're not, I mean, we're still pretty overbought. I mean, oversold. So, uh, you know, these are the things you have to be paying attention to. And, you know, I said that 2,400 on the S&P 500 would be a big uh, support level, and we stopped right there. Actually, we we dipped right below it and then pulled back up. But, uh, you, you know, it, it's one of those things uh, I just got to watch. But, look, I still have 18 stocks in the Dow that have strong technical attributes, and I've got uh, 12 that don't. Now, a couple of those had really strong attributes and then gave them up a little bit, um, like Goldman Sachs and Intel. You know, Intel is just a matter of them finding a CEO. Johnson Johnson had the scare, uh, you know, as far as the talcum powder thing and the baby powder. But, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of really good names here that are in, in you know, in, in the dogs of Dow. So remember that. Uh, now, what was interesting was the Thursday before Christmas was the busiest day in the equity markets in 2018. 12 billion shares traded. Uh, you know, so the, the first four days of trading that week saw an average of 10 billion. You know, when you have, after a big sell-off, high volume, it's usually people starting to buy things, okay, not sell them. But uh, the NASDAQ, you know, went down in one week more than I've seen it go down. It went, in, it went from... A ten percent down to twenty percent down, uh, which puts it in bear market territory. So that that's interesting. So, what is the economy going to do for um, an encore? So, look, let's talk about a return to normal volatility. You know, in two thousand eighteen, we had sixty three days with one percent move and nineteen days with two percent moves. Now, two thousand nine, two thousand eight, we had those. Uh, two thousand eleven, we had those. Two thousand fifteen, you know, much much greater numbers. So uh, it's back to normal volatility, and that's what I think you can understand. And one of the things that drive what drives the market? That's earnings and anticipation, okay? So motion drives the market um, in the near term, all right? But as Warren Buffett said, you know, what earnings drive the stock market eventually, okay? So it's emotion first and then earnings. And earnings are way above where they should be if, you know, if the market's going higher. We haven't seen them turn down yet. Now, uh, the market hasn't liked some of the earnings. Uh, I mean, and it's been for unforeseeable reasons. I mean, some of them I just sat there and went, what? Uh, But anyway, you know, if we look, uh, the purchasing managers indexes are still sturdy. And usually they start to fall apart before the market does, okay? Uh, So with they're clearly in an expansionary time frame. So uh, employment's at uh, current cycle lows. Earnings are, you know, so far uh, for the last four or five years are at highs. Uh, consumer confidence is up there, although it did take a little bit of a hit this last week. Um, stock performance was near kind of economic uh, nirvana last year in 17. Uh, in 18, it's coming back to earth. So... You know, um, if you want to sit down and have coffee, uh, call me because I have some interesting charts about the 10-year rolling averages. 
you know, we're still not even close uh, to the average is about 10.68%. And uh, for the entire Obama administration, we were at about six. Uh, so we, we, we're not even close to average. All right. Uh, you know, during the, the Reagan and Clinton time frame, we were at 15, maybe 15.6 to be exact. So in order to get back to 10, you're going to have a lot of years like that uh, coming up, I would think. Um, now, the yield curve hasn't inverted as much as you've heard about it. It has flattened drastically. Don't get me wrong, but it is not inverted yet. And so, you know, it actually has to invert and stay inverted for a while for, uh, you know, when it inverts, usually that's a recession. But it has not inverted yet. Let me say it again. It has not inverted yet. Okay, it's flat. It's a flat yield curve. And flat yield curve have predicted 50% of the last recession. So there we go. Now, we we are looking at... Uh, one of the longest expansions in history, the one in 91, uh, the start in 91 was pretty long. The one in 61 was very, very long. The one in 82 was very, very long. The current one is the second, uh, you know, it's tied for 61 for the second longest in history. Uh, so it's, you know, the, I think the average is 23 and, and a half quarters, and we're looking at 30, 37, 38 at this point. Uh, now, what occurred this year and what I talked about and, you know, Lori Calcivina, we were on this show telling you that she did not like the FANG stocks. It was a very narrow performance, and most of those are down 35 40% from here. Uh, that was what was leading the way. Now, one of those, uh, what she calls FANGM, with Microsoft. Microsoft hasn't been as hit as, as much, knock on wood. Uh, but Facebook... Uh, you know, I sold at 179 and uh, went on to 211. I looked bad for a while, and then it opened at 160, uh, and and I caught some grief. Okay, uh, Apple was way up there. Uh, Amazon was straight up. Netflix was straight up. Alphabet wasn't as straight up, it, uh, so it it was in a little bit better shape. It still looks pretty good long term, I think personally. But I don't know if you know. I don't know what an analyst says about it, so don't call that a, a recommendation. Now, the question is, is there a silver lining? You know, growth is decelerating. Economic recovery is kind of long in the tooth. The yield curve inversion is not there yet, but, I mean, it could it could very, very well happen, especially if the Fed raises interest rates one more time. Volatility is back, and 67% of the S&P 500 is in a bear market. So maybe, I don't know. Where are we going in valuation terms? Well, we're at 14 times earnings right now. I'm sorry, 13.5. We were at 18.5. So uh, there you go. Now, pessimism is near extremes, okay? we the If we look at the American Association of Individual Investors, uh, the, the bullishness is, I, I mean, we are currently negative 10.5%. You know, the average is 23.5% bulls. So now we have negative 10.3% bulls. And the volatility got you know, to a pretty high number, all right? It was above 36 for three days, four days there. That was one of the things I talked about. Yet debt levels, you know, the fi- financial obligation radio for ho- household uh, f- finances is, as a percentage of disposable income now, is at one of its lowest levels, all right? So, uh, you know, you, you, something to think about, Um you know, so there, there are, there's a lot of things going on that uh, are very positive, and uh, people are not paying attention to them. 
So it was a very shallow economic recovery. Uh, that was because the taxes were so high. And, you know, I think the Fed is, is you know, swatting at flies that aren't there. But, you know, growth is more expensive than value at this point. All right. So, you know, we we really like bank stocks at, at RBC. And also um, dividends. We love dividends. You know, right at, at times like this, you really want to buy quality. All right. Go out and find some of the names. Look, I know of a couple names where they have. I, I know of a company that is this from two eighty all the way down to one fifty, and yet its CEO has been named the top CEO out of all the Fortune five hundred companies, not once but twice. <laughs> you know, and it pays a decent dividend. And there's a lot of companies out there that uh, pay a really good dividend. I know another company that raised their dividend thirty five percent last year, bought ten billion dollars worth of stock back, and it's down twelve dollars from there. And it's very well run. All right. So, uh, look, I know a company that's raised its dividend for 100 straight years. It was 150 just a while ago. It's 125, 126 right now. And it's raised its dividend 100 straight years. That's a long time. You know, long, long time. So, look, think about this. What is future value and how do you use it for your investing? All right. If you look, <laughs> When you put something and you get it compounded, it turns into a generous amount, semi-annually. That's George Banks from Martin Mary Poppins. Just remember that. Hey, we're going to be right back with the uh, bullish percent and some other interesting statistics. Stay tuned. Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. We're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And um, once again, if you you wanted to hear the whole show, you didn't hear it all, uh, WHK 1420 AM, uh, their webpage, you go to podcasts, and it'll go down to Tim Hayes. By the way, if you if you go to that Tim Hayes, it'll take you directly to my webpage. Okay, you can click on it, go directly to my webpage. If you'd like to get any of the information we talked about, I really like the dividend growth portfolio right now. Yields are up, stocks are down. That's a great time to buy these things for the long term. And even if you own some of them, you want to add to them right now, okay? Um, the dividend growth portfolio, we got our top ideas for 2019. And then we have our technology, internet, media, and telecom conference. 5G is coming. <laughs> Just like uh, uh, a certain TV show. Winter is coming. 5G is coming. And it's, I think it's the... Telecom stocks have been literally dead on arrival for 18 years, and it's it's about time they're they're starting to pep up a little bit. All right, so now we go into what we talk about the bullish percent. What's the bullish percent? What's our main risk guide? Now, this is was designed by one of Charles Dow's proteges, and what he wanted to do was he wanted to make sure that he was positive when stocks were down, and he was negative when every when the market was frothy. So he designed. A point and figure chart. Point and figs are just X's and O's. So it goes from zero to 100. When it gets over 70, that's when things are, you know, everybody's talking. The Dow's going to the moon. The, you know, the Nasdaq's going to a million. And that's when you should be very scared. <laughs> very scared. You know, I remember, I'll never forget the shoeshine boy. Uh, he was a great guy. Dr. Shine, he called himself. Came into my office in 2000 and said, what are you buying? I, I sold more stock the next day. Than I'd ever sold in a single day in my career. 
<laughs> anyway, by the way, the, the bullish percent was at 76 at that point. And then when it gets below 30, where it is now, that's when you really want to get greedy. So right now, you should be getting greedy. That's what I was talking about last weekend. I'll talk about it again this weekend. Uh, you'd like to see it sell off a little bit. So just, you know, uh, you, you don't want to pay up right the moment because still things are still shaky a little bit, you know. Uh, but anyway, column of X's, offensive team on the field. We have Baker Mayfield with us. Uh, column of O's, we have our defensive team on the field. Now, there's some other stuff that goes with this, like, you know, what's the highest rated asset class right now? Domestic equities still are, although, you know, cash is a better place to be or has been a better place to be for about a month. Uh, but they're still the best idea. So, uh, you know, like I said, 93% of the asset classes were negative this year. So that's not a really good sign. But we are at 15, uh, which is a pretty low number. And I, I believe uh, 15 is one of the lowest numbers we've seen in, a, in, in uh, probably 2009. I think we got to four. 2011, we got to, to 12. Okay. So this is a very low number. The over-the-counter index is at fifteen point seven. These are all in a column of O's still. So you know, you want to slip into your position, okay? Buy a little here, buy a little there, buy a little here. You know, if it comes down a little bit, buy some more. World index is at twenty-five, down four. It is actually held up better than our indexes. Let me say that again: the international indexes, especially the emerging markets, have held up better than our indexes. Uh, enough said. A couple other things I noticed is that the that uh, everything's in a column of O's right now. <laughs> uh, but the bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange, uh, you know, we are now at 15. And I think the 2011 lows, we were at the same number. The 2009 lows, we got to nine. So this is a pretty low number, and it's probably an excellent buying opportunity. Go in slow. Okay, you don't have to be the first one in. What, buy on down days, not up days. I mean, I bought some on Wednesday. I bought some on Thursday. Uh, when it, you know, when the market was down 560, I stepped in for four or five stocks. Um, I bought quite a bit of stock. All right. Uh, and, you know, I, I bought some on Monday, but I didn't buy enough on Monday. <laughs> you know, they don't ring a bell at the bottom. So, uh, but I, I think they were ringing the bell pretty well. So, look. Uh, as we reported, uh, you know, back on the 20th, we said that the high-low calculations. Now, these use a 10-day moving average, okay? So these were some of the lowest readings we've ever seen. And, you know, what we do is we're going to move and we're going to take three of those days off, which were positive days. So we're going to hit the lowest rating we've ever had on the high-low index. Uh, so, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think the 2019, uh, 2000, uh, 16 low right before the election was in the five or six area. I think we're going to go below that. Okay. So the 30 week uh, for the New York stock exchange, which measures the percentage of stocks that, that uh, on the New York stock exchange that are trading above their 30 week moving average sits at 8%. That's a very low number too. So look, you buy low, you sell high. Okay. Get your emotions out of this. If your emotions are involved, call me because <laughs> I had a lady call me a cold calculating person. I said, I have to be, okay? That's what it's all about. You can't let your emotions get in the way. Don't be frightened. Be greedy. It's, this is the time. Uh, now, I'm not saying this is the absolute low. I'm saying, you, look, 
when you when you see the institutional buyers that they love something, you know, I know an institutional buyer right now that's buying a certain brokerage firm. Bought a little bit the other day, pulled back, they're going to buy some more, I bet you. And if it pulls back some more, I bet you they buy a little bit more. And then when it turns up, they'll buy a lot. Trust me on that. So the Dow Jones, the the uh, the small cap, large cap indexes, the you know the S and P small cap and large cap, the the QQQs, the equal weight and the uh, market weighted uh, S and P five hundred, it's all been negative for four or five weeks. Don't think it's going to change. Uh, you know, I, I it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new year. Remember, Monday is not the new year; Wednesday is the new year. There's still a lot of people on vacation. They get a you know, a lot of people take a two-week vacation. Trust me, a lot of money managers do. Uh, so, look, technology, which has accounted for 43% of the QQQ over the time frame of the last couple of years, has taken the hardest hit. You know, it dragged the fund down by 10.19% uh, in, in a two-week period. Now, the communications sector is down 5%, uh, which is pretty pretty noticeable, uh, Amazon, which had been, uh, which had a 10.4 average weighting, was down 3.6. Its weighting was down 3.6. Just so you know, Microsoft held up the best. So here's what's really interesting: if we look at the sectors, all right, uh, I I haven't seen this in a long time, and uh, this is why I'm very, very, very bullish. Uh, is you know we only have two sectors that are favored sectors. And only one of them is above 30. <laughs> so they are uh, electric utilities at 40% and precious metals at 23. Now, I would suggest that there's all but two sectors. Let me say it again. All but two sectors out of 50 that are below 30 now. All but two sectors out of 50 that are below 30 right now. Uh and a lot of them, you know, biogenetics at 12%, building at 14%, chemicals at 12 computers 14 drugs at 14 finance at 14 forest and paper products at 12 healthcare at 12 household goods at 12 leisure at 14 I mean, uh, oil, oil service at 10 retailing at 12 semiconductors at 16 steel and iron at 8, textiles at 8, Wall Street at 8. I mean, there's some serious stuff going on here. It's, it's bad news. So, don't think of it that way. Think of it as an opportunity to buy great stocks while they're down. Okay? Think of it as an opportunity to buy great stocks when it's down. You don't know it, but if you buy somewhere around here, you will be buying, you'll be making money somewhere down the road. That I'm pretty sure of, okay? Uh, anyway, electric utilities were the ultimate favored group. They got beat up last week. They're now just favored. Uh, Wall Street and housing went to average. They've been very much underperforming. Drugs and uh, biotech and software all went to unfavored. And uh, telephony or to- telephones went just to average from favored this week. So a lot of things getting beat up. Now, the foreign markets did pick up uh, you know, uh, quite a few, or I should say domestic equities lost a lot of votes uh, but foreign markets held their own, uh, so they actually did better than our markets. A couple of groups I noticed, I noticed Turkey, you know, did well. It's still below its uptrend line, so it's not a solid citizen last week. But, you know, look, the we've seen the gap between domestic equities and international equities uh, narrow significantly. Uh, we lost 43 buy signals on domestic equities. Uh, so 
we're we're getting much much closer to uh, you know we're looking at only like forty uh, votes uh, you know between the two. Now high yield bond spreads have continued to widen. I, I mean they're they're up to uh, five thirty uh, is the spread. So uh, what I'm saying is is the difference between a treasury bond and a high yield spread is now five point three percent, and you know there are times when those are that that's a great time to buy the higher the yield you know the bigger the the spread the better and if you also look at the convertible uh bond funds they broke a triple bottom this week and they've been leading the way okay so they are no longer the the, the best place to be um as far as commodities are concerned uh by the way let me take take that statement back if you're looking for yield the yields are up but you have market risk now okay because convertible bonds convert into the common uh, that's why they're getting beat up. As far as commodities are concerned, oil's been negative for ten weeks now. Uh, you know, it hit a high of seventy six ninety. This is West Texas crude now, and hit a low of forty two dollars this week. Uh, gold's been positive, but not really knocking the cover off the ball. Most of the commodities been, you know, indexes have been uh, eight to ten weeks of negative thing. I think the CRB hit a new low in this move down and it was down like 75%. So I think it's down 76% from the high back in, in 08. So, uh, that's a lot. Uh, so I don't know what they're thinking about as far as inflation's concerned, but, uh, it looks like deflation again to me, you know, gold continuous, uh, that's, that's a continuous commodity chart has shown strength in recent months since post some higher yields and, and higher lows. So on the default chart going back, I think you need to get the 1300 to uh to get it going again. So, uh we'll see if that happens. Uh stocks on relative strength buy signals, that's important. You know, these are the ones you want to jot down. Uh Atmos Energy, uh Brown and Brown, CPFL Energia from Brazil, uh Erie Indemnity, Chenier uh, Energy, B&G Foods, First Majestic Silver Corp, Auto Trail, Auto Tail Power, Tribune Company, uh Tucos, Marin Software and Centerpoint Energy. On the sell side, we have Amarin, Cognex, CoreLogic, DCM, uh, uh, Midstream, U.S. Steel, Shutterfly, Supernus, Agios, and GW Pharmaceuticals. They're all pharmaceuticals. All right. Hey, take. we'll be right back with the in- insiders. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Took a stroll long walk of the day. I, I, I met a little girl and we stopped to talk of a fine soft day. I, and I asked you, friend. Hey, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, if you're up, I hope you got another cup of coffee. <laughs> Whatever you uh, drink to get up in the morning. Um, and and uh, once again, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee and just talk about your portfolio, uh, you know, get an idea of what you know, RBC can bring what Tim Hayes can bring, uh, you know, give us a call. 888-223-7742 is the 800 number. Uh, there's a lot of people that get this station, you know, uh, through other facilities like, uh, the, the internet. Uh, there's several people in North Carolina, um, that, you know, I don't know if you know, there's quite a right along the coastline that listen to me and, uh, they listen to me on the internet so that's great. We appreciate your listening. And, and we also have some guys overseas. There's a whole, uh, 
uh, <laughs> platoon. There's about 20, 30 guys that listen to me. I, I love you guys over there. Um, guys and gals, I'm sorry, because there's quite a few young ladies over there working hard for us. Uh, and we appreciate what you're doing over there. We really do. Um, but if you want to get, have a call, have a talk, 888-223-7742, we'll be glad to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. You know what's interesting is the market's getting killed and every, you know, everybody's worried except for the insiders. Insider stock buying has surged to an eight year high. Remember, I've been talking about this for a couple months and I didn't have anybody define it for me, but the average insider uh, buying uh, ratio uh, versus selling ratio is up at one percentage, one point eight percent. That's a very, very high number. Uh, so sellers are backing off, and insider buyers are stepping up. And you know, I've been noticing like two or three, four pages uh, per month, which is you know probably seventy, eighty transactions. So. Here we are. We have the S&P 500 on the brink of a bear market, and the increase in demand from companies' highest-ranking employees could be seen basically as a vote of conference in the, in the stocks, even as anxiety over the you know what the Fed's going to do. You know, are they going to hike? Are there turmoils in Washington, et cetera, et cetera? You know, insiders are pretty well informed at the micro level of, of their businesses. Trust me on this. Um, it's a good sign that these business leaders still see demand at their companies and feel comfortable buying. So here we go. Heister. Heister Yale Materials Handling. I don't know what's going on here, but the, the Rankin family has been buying this big. There's 10 more insider buys to the tune of 1.2 million. That's 34 new insider buys just in December, and we started talking about these guys back in August. So I'm watching that one really close. And then our friend Ron Perlman, you know, some of you younger people probably don't know who he is, but he was a, one of the first corporate raiders, and he was very good at it. Uh, and he has bought a couple uh, names here, which I think are are you know really really interesting. Um, in in my humble opinion, <laughs> uh, he he's been buying scientific games. Now he he's a ten percent owner of the company, and uh, he he bought a three point three million and one point six seven million. All right, and then, uh, oh, here, here's Revlon. Revlon, he bought, you know, he, by the way, he started buying this at 16. Uh, it's now 23.50, and it's pulled back a little bit in this little fiasco. Got to 30, and he bought $1.227 million, $813,000, 577 and 479 in the last week. Stepping up to the plate. And then he has... Uh, VTV or VTV Therapeutics. Now he owns thirteen million dollars worth of this, which is about uh, seventeen eighteen percent of the company. And he bought uh, eight hundred and fifteen thousand on twelve twenty seven. On November thirtieth, he bought one point eight million. We talked about that. And on December twelfth, he bought another five point two million. I would suggest he's bullish. Uh, you know, it, it, this is a very low price stock. It's one point one dollar and eighty seven cents. And then the, the president and CEO of Charles Schwab, who has a great knack, uh, this is a guy that follows the markets pretty closely. He went out and bought $3.639 million worth, and then two days later bought $1.19 million worth. Uh, and I, believe me, if you've seen his track record for his company, he, he's done a really great job of buying the stock. Uh, and then the, uh, 
Erstad Biddle Properties, which is a real estate investment trust, Willen, uh, who's the president and CEO, uh, uh, CEO, bought 644, and his wife, who happens to be a director, bought another 644, $802,000. Uh, and remember, you know, it's Erstad Biddle Properties. I think they might be good information. And then uh, the president and CEO, who, who's president of both Carnival Cruise Lines and Carnival Cruise Lines UK, bought a million dollars of each. All right. So, uh, by the way, uh, this is um, Arnie Donald, and he's had a tremendous track record as president and CEO of uh, the company, uh, buying the stock. Right. All right. And then uh, Prospect Capital, the CEO, bought five point eight million, then three point four million, and then the CEO bought uh, two point eight seven million. This has a very high yield. Uh, these are the guys that lend money to small cap companies, and then get back uh, quite a bit in in. Uh, Interest and and they get some of their uh, equity also. FS Investment is a very similar company. Uh, the CEO Mike Fromm bought five point two eight million dollars worth. So I like to see that when it's in groups. Uh, Chesapeake. Uh, you know we had our friend uh, uh, Arnie uh, Donald buy four point one million dollars worth, and now the another director bought three hundred sixty this week. And then uh, International fra- uh, Flavors and Fragrances, you know, Windsor Investments, which owns 10% or more, uh, took the dip uh, to buy another $6 million worth. And here's a couple that, you know, are, are fairly speculative. So remember I said that. Uh, Global Star, which is at 41 cents now, the CEO bought $52 million worth, and then he bought another $3 million worth. So uh, believe me, there's a lot of stocks that have gone from 5 or 2 or 3 or, you know, from above 10 to below a dollar. And uh, which is un- unfortunate. Alliance Bernstein, uh, AXA, uh, Equitable, uh, bought 6.345, and I believe they are a 10% owner. And uh, medicine companies, we had, you know, last week we had uh, two people buy the stock in big quantities. Um, and this, this week, a uh, director bought 178,900,000, nine, and the COO bought $2 million uh, worth. So last week, I think we had the CEO uh, buy. Uh, a million seven. So we've had quite a few uh, buy there. And, you know, look, um, I, I talked about some things last week, the advanced decline line, which was a negative 244. Uh, you know, I talked about the put to call ratio and the put to call ratio has gone away, but we're still seeing some things, you know, we've got the bullish percent at one of the lowest levels we've seen in years. All right. And most of you are scared and, I, and afraid. All right. And, and look, that's why we have the bullish percent. To be greedy when we should be fearful. To be fearful when we should be greedy. Uh, and look, this was a bad year. 93% of the assets are on a negative year, eclipsing the 80, you know, the 84% mark that happened, I think it was 1919, uh, 1919 or 1920. I can't remember when. So what we have is a scenario where as you're frightened, you know, you got to start to think like, uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett bought, you know, he bought PNC. He's down ten bucks already. He bought uh, uh, J.P. Morgan. He, he was down ten bucks. Now he's down three. He bought Bank America. He was down three and a half bucks. He's now down two. Um, you know, the, these guys are buying. This is where you make the biggest amount of money you'll ever make by buying low and selling high. So I want you to get your head right and start to think. And if you can't do it call me and let's sit and have a cup of coffee and I'll do it for you because these are the times when you want to buy. Um, look, there's a lot of stuff in the state planning that's happening right now. And I think, 
you know, uh, you should be sitting down and talking to your CPA and your estate planning uh, attorney. And I have 10 questions that, you know, if you want to ask them, you can give me a call. But look, um, that's a side bent. I just want to bring that up. Uh, Look, the the S&P 500 crossed below the U.S. money market, okay, Uh, on a group score thing. So the money market has actually been picking up uh, on a relative strength basis compared to the S&P 500. And I don't know if it's going to end tomorrow or the next day or whatever. We've had a couple up days. That's good. Now, look, it, it doesn't mean it's over. So when you go out to buy, you know, if you're a 500 share buyer, buy 100 shares now or 200 shares now and then buy another 100 shares and then another and then another 100, okay? Uh, so get to it slowly but surely. Um, momentum goes both ways. Just remember that, okay? So momentum goes both ways. So the momentum's been mostly negative. Um, I w- will suggest that momentum is still negative on the MLP market. And if I look at emerging markets, Versus all U.S. equities, uh, the emerging markets are actually held up. They're turning up. So uh, I will say it's mostly the Pacific Basin ex-Japan. Okay, so that's very, very good. Um, Anyway, one thing I I will mention, don't go out and go crazy buying everything. All right, Uh, look, we have a lot of resistance above us. It's going to take some time to get through that resistance. Trust me on that one, okay? So don't go out and and spend all your money. Do it slowly but surely, okay? Buy 100 shares here, buy 100 shares there, and slowly but surely get get to be fully invested. So what would I be doing now? I would, uh, first of all, suggest that you get the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list, especially if you're retired. The prime income list, I think, is yielding like 4.7, 4.8% right now. Dividend growth Companies are great. You know, if you have companies that continue to raise their dividend year in, year out, uh, I mean, look, some some of these companies have been raising their, their dividend, you know, 15, 20% this year. Um, and they've raised their dividend every year. All right? So you're constantly getting a raise. You're constantly getting a raise in your portfolio. All right? And these are really high-quality companies. The, the, the prime income list is just in, for income now for those people out there. So... Something to another idea. Also, we have our technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference information. If you'd like to get that, uh, I think I have day two still. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to find day one. I, I think I uh, deleted it, so I have to go back and get it. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you know, hit me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, go to either Google or Bing. Hit Tim Hayes Radio on I Show Up and be glad to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you or if you like any of this information. Remember, we just, I think um, as of Friday,